Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The John Steigerwall Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. How dumb can the people of Pennsylvania be? Yeah, there have to be a lot of dumb people in the state, or John Fetterman wouldn't be the lieutenant governor right now, and he sure wouldn't be the Democrat Party's nominee for the U.S. Senate. But here we are, and he's leading in the polls. There are actually people who are going to vote for him. Dr. Oz may not be the the greatest candidate. He may not even be a real conservative. We won't find that out unless that until he gets elected. But uh, Fetterman is a socialist leaning toward communism. He's a big Bernie Sanders uh, fan and big Bernie Sanders supporters. We know that. What else do you need to know? Uh, maybe that'll get him enough votes from low-information voters in Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, maybe Erie, which doesn't say much for the voters who live in those cities. But how can anyone outside of those cities who's actually paying attention – well, how can anybody anywhere vote for him? But how can anybody vote for this guy, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. Everybody knows he's got health issues, and you can't criticize him for that, obviously, but it's also an issue. If he's not able to appear in public, how's he going to be able to be a United States senator? Although, come to think of it, the less those guys appear in public, maybe the better off we'd be. But anyway, you get my drift. And how about the fact that he uh, will not agree to a debate with Dr. Oz? KDK TV has invited him and Oz for one, I believe it's next week. Now, I do want to see the debate, if for no other reason, to see if Fetterman shows up in a hoodie and shorts. That I would tune in to see. And Fetterman's campaign has said that Oz calling for a debate is a sign of desperation. That's a new one. When did debating during a campaign or wanting to debate your your opponent during a campaign become something that only a desperate candidate would want to do? Seems like a desperate candidate would be against debating. Anyway, we'll see what happens, and I guess we're going to find out eventually just how dumb Democrats in Pennsylvania are. And speaking of dumb... When we come back, we're going to talk about Dr. Fauci doubling down on his performance during the pandemic. He's still doing it right up to this minute. He's on cable TV talking about what a wonderful job he did. And in our second half hour, a spokesperson for the Republican Party will talk about Joe Biden's plan to cancel everybody's college debt. debt. Stick around. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwall. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... 
Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. Today, the majority of children have already been exposed to pornography by age 11. Even though most of this is accidental, this exposure can have disastrous consequences for their mental health and future well-being. If you want to protect your child and set them up to have healthy relationships, you need Canopy. Canopy is the most effective technology on the planet for blocking pornography. Canopy's app uses artificial intelligence to identify and filter explicit content on every website. It can do this in milliseconds and is 99.9% accurate. While other apps block entire pages, Canopy is the only tool that filters within websites, plucking out explicit images and videos before they appear. Its image scanning technology also prevents users from taking and sending sexts. The Internet is awash in pornography, but your kids don't have to see it. Head on over to canopy.us forward slash protect to start your 30-day free trial. Enter the promo code PROTECT and get 15% off the regular price for life. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1-800-940-6161. That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Snarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. One thing uh, Dr. Tony Fauci probably won't do in retirement is go on an apology tour. Uh, he'd have to do a lot of traveling around the world, talk to a lot of people to reach all the people he, I guess, he should actually apologize to. John Tierney is a columnist for the Wall Street Journal and City Journal, who's written a lot about the work of Dr. Fauci over the last couple of years, and he joins us now. John, thanks for coming on again. Thank you, John. 
Great to be back in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you're a Pittsburgh guy. We should point that out. Um, Central Catholic guy, is that correct? Exactly. Central Catholic, that's right. I won't hold that against you. Uh, I I went to South Hills Catholic back when it was a a school for men, young men. Um, Yes, so was Central. (laughs) And and the good Christian brothers would be appalled at Dr. Fauci, I'm sure. Oh, they'd beat the hell out of him. Uh, I could, we, you and I could, I could do a segment with you just talking about. And I love the Christian brothers. Going to going to a Catholic school, especially the high school, is the best thing that ever happened to me. So, I, I could tell you stories, and I'm sure we could swap stories about the way uh, they handled discipline at those two places when we were there. Uh, but but anyway, getting back to the subject here, um, why do I think that uh, most of Doctor Fauci's post-retirement traveling is going to be? Um, I don't know, to accept honorary degrees and awards from people who will probably never stop slobbering all over them. It, you know, it is so appalling that, you know, that never in the history of the public health profession has anyone been so richly rewarded for doing so much harm to the public's health. I mean, it's just astonishing, you know, that what, how much damage Fauci has done, you know, the lockdowns, Mass mandates, they, were, they didn't work. You know, Sweden and Florida showed us that those places didn't, did prosper by, not, you know, they did better in COVID. They did better in preventing deaths. They did better economically, socially, every way by ignoring Fauci. And yet he just is still, you know, he is still lionized by, you know, by the media and, you know, the fawning pieces about him leaving that you see in the media. I mean, this, it's, it, it's really how he has prospered through the years. I mean, he, he has done it by, you know, cultivating the media. Uh, you know, his great skills are, have been bureaucratic infighting, media manipulation and fear mongering. You know, that's really yeah. what he's done. And he, and he just has ignored the best scientific advice. He, you know, I did a piece, I've been writing about this for city journal. I just had a piece in the wall street journal. And I actually have a piece in the, in the New York post tomorrow. Good riddance to Fauci, you know, oh, good. um, and it's just astonishing that, um, you know, that he has gotten so much positive press coverage while he ignored, you know, the best advice before the pandemic, the world's leading epidemiologist said, you shouldn't lock down, you shouldn't close schools, masks won't do anything. He ignored all that, terrified everyone, you know, and, and he, I mean, this is how he has made a living. And, you know, he's the highest paid federal employee. Um, and it, it's appalling how much he has prospered by, you know, by, by, by kind of working the system and, and making mistake after mistake. You know, he started out in the 1980s. He was one of the early people terrifying the public that AIDS was suddenly going to be decimate the general heterosexual population. Yep. Yep. You know, you know, he came out with this study and of course it, it was terrible to terrify everyone about this, but then it's good for the, you know, the, the, the budget in Washington because it boosted funding and Fauci then he, he led this long campaign to, um, had to do an AIDS vaccine that total failure, but he did develop this relationship with, you know, with two other people on that project, Deborah Burks and Robert Redfield. And they, these three bureaucrats then joined forces on the COVID task force, and they just bullied the Trump administration. They used their bureaucratic skills to basically set COVID policy 
completely ignoring the best scientific advice, completely ignoring all the data from the pandemic. They didn't even care about the damage they were doing. They never even discussed it at the meetings, you know, as Scott Atlas said. He would try to bring them in all these studies. Scott Atlas from the Hoover Institution, who who came into the task force and, you know, and, and was hoping, that, okay, well, maybe we can discuss some science here. You know, the science, as I kept saying, and he would bring in studies. He would show them, look, here's all this evidence that the mass mandates, the lockdowns aren't working. And Fauci, Burks, and Redfield, they simply refused to even read the studies. They wouldn't talk with them. They all had a policy that they would not disagree with each other at the meetings, and they had this secret pact that that if any one of them was fired, they, they would all resign uh, jointly. So, And they basically, the Trump officials were afraid to fire them, and they just got their way. Did the, the Trump officials, do you think, were they aware of this pact that they had, that they, if they, they couldn't get one of them, uh, get rid of one of them without getting rid of all of them? I don't know if they knew that. You know, the New York Times reported that secret. They admitted it later, you know, uh-huh. like a year or two yeah. into the pandemic. But the problem was, as Atlas explained, was that Trump himself had sort of good instincts about the um, – you know, that we shouldn't lock down, we should try to open society. But his political advisors basically just said, you can't fire Fauci, there'll be such a media firestorm, um, and you'll lose the election. And so basically they, you know, he was afraid to do it. And it was Trump's biggest mistake. He should have fired Fauci and Burks early. They had, you know, they had no qualifications for this. You know, they, you know, they, you know, they, um, she was an immunologist. Fauci was a virologist. They had no sense of the idea of public health, that you should look not at just one disease. You should look at the overall impact of your policies on everyone. They just did not care. I mean, all they cared about was trying to get the COVID count down, however they could do that. And they just paid no attention to all the collateral damage. And, and they simply were these, you know, and their big obsession was getting people to follow these arbitrary rules they did. You know, places like Florida and Sweden did much better than everyone else by ignoring those rules. They they actually had real scientists there who paid attention to, you know, the best advice from before the pandemic and said you should keep society open, protect the vulnerable, but you don't want to close schools, you don't want to close businesses, masks are pointless. Um, you know, universal masking was pointless. Those are the people who actually paid attention to science, but... You know, Fauci and Burks were just these veteran bureaucrats who just cared about setting these arbitrary rules. You know, you know, I mean, there was it was absurd, you know, and, the, and it was so socially divisive. You know, they just, you know, they really turned people against science. They divided Americans. There was no reason, for instance, people who had COVID, they had natural immunity. Why would you make them? Why would you fire them from their jobs for not getting a vaccine? But to the bureaucrats, all that matters was respect my authority, do what I say. And that's what—that's really what Fauci was. He became a tyrant. Yeah, but I guess it's one thing to be a bureaucrat, uh, which he obviously is and has been for uh, fifty years. But um, he's also a doctor, and and people, uh, if you're smart, if, if you go to a doctor, it's like if 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 you take the time to go sit in the doctor's office and 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 get his uh, diagnosis, and then you walk out, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, you can't. You don't go to a doctor and then have him tell you what's wrong with you, and then say, "Oh, I'm not listening to him." What does he know? Everybody trusts their doctor, and they 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 really benefited from that because nobody really believes politicians, you know, especially if they're a member of the opposite party that you are a member of. 
but everybody is uh, uh, starts with the assumption that the doctor is looking out for for you and for your health, and so he benefited from that, didn't he? Exactly. I, I mean, people assumed, and it was a very reasonable assumption that that the public health establishment would actually care about protecting the public's health, and so they trusted Fauci. And of course, the phony media coverage helped. You know, everything he said was right. They didn't call him in, on this, and so people trusted them. And you know, and so did you know these governors who just well, we'll do whatever Fauci says. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate because, you know, at the start of the pandemic, you know, polls showed that trust in science rose. People were grateful. Okay, we have these, you know, we've been paying a fortune for years to maintain this whole public health establishment. Now it will do us some good. And, in fact, what actually happened was, of course, is that the FDA and the CDC and Fauci actually did much more damage than good. And, and, that, and, 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 Trust in science has plummeted among Republicans during the pandemic, and for good reason. I mean, what, after what they've done, there is really no reason to trust them. Um, and I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, it's going to take a real house cleaning. I mean, it's going to take a new administration to get rid of, of you know, of Walensky at the CDC now, who's, who's actually promising to be even more active in the next pandemic and have more restrictions. It's just insane. They're just doubling down on these, on these horrible mistakes they made in this pandemic. And because at this point, they don't want to admit how wrong they were, that, that Sweden and Florida got it right, but, you know, by, by staying open. And so they can't admit their mistakes, and we have this whole establishment in there that that really just needs to be replaced. Yeah, you wrote a piece um, last week in which the head the headline of which said that uh, that Rochelle Walensky and uh, Fauci are both doubling down. This was before Fauci had announced his uh, early retirement. Um, how do they? Uh, could they even get away with something like that without the media? If if this were and I just wonder if if um, they were now part of a Republican, a conservative Republican administration, and if they were identified as Republican bureaucrats, if they would have gotten away with this. Uh, that's a great point. I mean, a lot of it was simply that this was an election year and anything, you know, and if Trump wanted it, wanted to open up, then 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 that's wrong and Fauci must be right. And, and, and I think, you know, in a lot of people, and frankly, you know, the fact that it was causing all this economic damage to people was that wasn't necessarily so bad because it would hurt Trump's reelection standpoint. And if, you know, and if it had been, you know, Trump and, you know, and a bunch of Republicans suspending all these fundamental, you know, civil liberties, you can't go to church, you can't leave your home, you can't, you, you know, you can't work. If it had been imposed from the right, there might have been something from the media saying, "Look, this is fascist. You know, this is a the, you know this is authoritarian." But I, but the problem is, is that our media today is really it is so the mainstream media is so fond of big government solutions, and you know, the, um, and and public health is a great has become the great excuse to impose more big government solutions. Of course, climate change is the other, and. You know, progressives are looking at this as, well, COVID was a great paradigm shift, a great model for how we're going to deal with climate change. Let's let the government dictate every part of our lives. Um, so, the, you know, there's that bias that the media has. And the other big bias the media has is they just love 
you know, to scare readers. It gets more clicks. It gets better ratings. And Fauci's always done that. You know, he was always ready. And he was, you know, he was always ready, you know, to be on TV. He, you know, he cultivated the right journalists for decades. He returned phone call. You know, he's always ready to give an authoritative quote, even when he doesn't know what he's talking about, you know, and he was so wrong so often during the pandemic that his claims about masks, his claims about the vaccine, he was just over and over again. But he was there on TV, you know, oozing authority and the and the journalists are just deferring to him and acting as if he knows what he's talking about. And so we just didn't really I mean, we had some skepticism in the media, you know, but it was almost mainly from the right. And then, and interesting. And it was an interesting contract in the 80s when they, there was this AIDS hysteria that Oprah was telling people one in five heterosexuals are going to die in the next three years from right. AIDS. When there was all that hysteria, there was some skepticism, some pushback from the media on both the left and the right. But this time, you know, the left just totally went in for this, you know, disaster scenario. We have to lock down. We have to do all this. And there just wasn't any pushback. Well, that's funny. Uh, back in the 80s, I won't mention his name, but there was a local sportscaster I used to sit next to every Sunday at Steeler games, and um, we had a there was a guy who worked for KDK who uh, KDK TV who who kind of liked the ladies and had he was a young young guy in his <laughs> mid twenties and he was getting a reputation for having a lot of fun uh, at night and going out and you know meeting a lot of women. Let's just put it that way. And this sportscaster uh-huh. said, "Hey, you know, you you better watch out with the AIDS." And I said, <laughs> "I said he's not going to get AIDS that way. If he's if he's if he's with women, he's just not going to get it." We had an ongoing uh, bet for like ten years. I said, "Listen, when somebody gets AIDS, not by sharing a needle or not by having homosexual sex." You let me know, and he never, he couldn't come up with anybody. They, they they came out with Magic Johnson. They tried him. That didn't work yeah. because if he got it, he got it from a needle. That's how he got it. Uh, you yeah. know, steroids or something. But uh, so that but that's a long way of saying that back then. I'm agreeing with you with with the CDC, and I guess I didn't ever heard of Doctor Fauci at the time, but it was him. Um, he uh, they admitted. You could, if you did a, a good enough search, you could find out. You could, you could find the point where the CDC admitted to having lied about it, and and said that they did it because they had to, because they had to, uh, they had to get people, um, get people's attention and raise money, and they, and they don't, they, they don't deny did. it. No, you're absolutely right. You know, the Wall Street Journal did a great story about how the CDC did focus groups. Uh, during the AIDS epidemic, and they found that if they, you know, accurately presented their own epidemiologists said, look, we know the odds of anybody getting it not from needles or not from homosexual sex are minuscule. You know, one in five million was an estimate. Yeah, a woman um, could get but, it, John, but not a man. A woman could get it by having sex with a with a an infected man, but a man couldn't get it. That pretty. Way. Pretty much in Alpha, and, and really, I mean, you know, the Discover magazine had a cover story, had a brave cover story, said, you know, that unless it's by needles, they said basically AIDS is the sometimes fatal result of anal intercourse, you mm-hmm. know. It was very hard to get it to any kind of vaginal um, intercourse. Right. But, um, but, but the CDC did these focus groups, and they just, you know, realized that people are not going to care as much about this unless we scare everyone. And, yep. say, and so they ran dozens of public service announcements. They mailed a hundred million, you know, mailings people. And the whole thing was everybody's vulnerable to AIDS and they just scared people 
pretend, you know, Fauci was warning people, oh, the kissing was dangerous. And um, it was just, it was appalling the way they just needlessly terrified the public for this. Um, but it was basically kind of a dress rehearsal for COVID where, you know, everyone, I mean, for young people, this was such a minimal risk, COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and most, and yet most people became terrified of it because of Fauci and because of the media just joining in to do this panic porn, you know, that to scare everyone and, and, uh, you know, and basically to get better ratings, get more attention and bigger budgets. And basically as an excuse to impose all these rules on everyone to gain all this power. We've never... We've never before surrendered all these basic liberties, you know, and I really worry that, uh, um, that you know, that it's going to set a precedent. But, you know, at least at least we've gotten, you know, Fauci's gone. You know, it's appalling that, you know, his pension, his annual pension is estimated to be three hundred fifty thousand dollars, yep. which, you know, that's an appalling sum considering all the damage. I mean, no one's ever done this much damage to public health, you know, in, in history. But. The way I look at it, it's a small price you know, to, uh, to be rid of Fauci. <laughs> Pay him $350 million to get him out of there. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm out of time, uh, John. People, your post, uh, your piece is coming up on the New York Post tomorrow. Uh, uh, good yeah, it'll be up tonight, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, people can find that at NewYorkPost.com. Right, and a lot of stuff at City Journal. They can find a lot, of, a lot of articles on COVID from me. Hey, I appreciate it, John. Central Catholic and all that stuff. Thanks for coming on. Hope <laughs> okay, to talk to you again. Good. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. That's John Tierney. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Two men in Michigan are convicted in a high-stakes kidnapping plot. A jury convicted two men of conspiring to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer in 2020, a swift victory for prosecutors. Adam Fox and Barry Croft Jr. were also found guilty of conspiring to obtain a weapon of mass destruction, namely a bomb to blow up a bridge to stymie police if the kidnapping could be pulled off at Whitmer's vacation home. It was a second trial for the pair after a jury in April couldn't reach a unanimous verdict after five days. Two other men were acquitted and two more pleaded guilty and testified for prosecutors. Governor Whitmer is praising the guilty verdicts and warning that violent threats, quote, have no place in our politics. Bernie Bennett reporting. A five-year-old girl drowned while attempting to cross the Rio Grande when her taxes. The girl was attempting to cross the river with her mother when the current swept her away. The Dow is down 161 points. The Nasdaq up 23. This is SRN News. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable, single, and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. Dennis Prager sees Trump derangement syndrome everywhere. This is what gives you moral strength? Donald Trump's evil? But he was president four years. What did he do bad? 
Don't tell me he doesn't like women. Don't tell me he's a liar. Tell me what he did bad. They can't. There's a sickness in your soul. There is. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The answer. Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rule book and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. It's no secret, America. We've been let down. Inflation is taking its toll in the grocery stores, the products we buy, and the pain of every visit to the gas pump. At Upside, we're fighting back with our free app that pays you back serious money on every tank of gas or diesel, up to 25 cents per gallon, just for using the Upside app, no strings attached. Upside users have already been paid back a total of more than $250 million. With inflation and the soaring price of gas, it's easy to feel like you're losing control. But with Upside's free app, you can start putting money back in your wallet with every gallon. Whenever you want, cash out with PayPal, an e-gift card, or transfer the money directly into your bank account. Download the free Upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code SALEM for an additional 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first fill-up. That's promo code S-A-L-E-M. Remember, use promo code SALEM when you download the free Upside app and get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank of gas. Cash back is not available in gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS yes, Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app. Smart speakers too. Tune in iHeart or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Busy rides continue on the Parkway East. Delays outbound Boulevard of the Allies up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. More than an extra 10 minutes. Looking pretty stacked up on the inbound side. Second Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West not doing too badly overall. Outbound 28, heavy from Route 8 to Delafield Avenue. That's about a five-minute delay. Inbound off-ramp to Fox Chapel Road remaining shut down. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Mainly clear skies expected for tonight. We'll see fog late to the low of 59. Mostly sunny tomorrow. That fog will lift in the morning. Then it'll be pleasant for the afternoon. We'll reach a high of 82. A starlit sky for tomorrow night with a low of 60. For Thursday, mostly sunny skies and a high of 84. Friday, intervals of clouds and sun with widely separated thunderstorms at a high of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Any minute now, the uh, the big guy is going to tell millions of people that they don't have to pay back loans that they took out over the last several years. Looks like he's going to cancel at least $10,000 of everybody's college loan. So what's the Republican response going to be to that? Let's find out from Emma Vaughn. She's the Republican uh, Party's national press secretary. She joins us now. Emma, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, John. So, um, yeah, ahead. so with Biden, Biden saying that he's going to cancel these loans, I, I hate that word cancel, because mm-hmm. um, really what he's going to do is just transfer those who agree, the, the loan payments for people who agreed to pay them to, to millions of Americans who didn't agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's, uh, he, he's going he's gonna to do it, I think. It's just a matter of when. So how can the Republicans be against 
wiping out everybody's college debt without looking mean, which is, you know, exactly how you're going to be portrayed by the media. Like, you, you don't care about these poor people who are struggling and, you know, to pay their loans. That's what that's what the media will be saying. Well, I, I think the media calls us mean, regardless, <laughs> right. regardless of any argument we're going to be making. But um, for this, I mean, it's pretty simple. You know, we're in a recession. Everyone is already struggling to pay their bills, to pay their gro- to go to the grocery store to fill up their tank of gas. And now they're going to add what? I think it's another $250 billion, $250 billion in spending um, for this cancellation. It, 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 it is adding fuel to the fire that we already know that our, our economy is tanking because of Biden and Democrats' policies. Um, I personally, and I think this is what a lot of Republicans on the Hill especially are saying, voters are going to see right through this. This is a last-minute, you know, vote-by-ploy to Biden, you know, try to try to squeeze this in before the midterm elections. You know, we're less than 80 days out from November. And, you know, I, I think voters are going to see right through it. That this is really only going to make our economy worse. And, and going back to that earlier point, you know, people agreed, made the tough decision, agreed to, to, to take out these loans. And think about the millions of Americans, you know, who, who didn't go to college because they knew they couldn't afford it or decided to, you know, join the military and, and, and go to college through the GI Bill that way. What do you think to all those people who, who made that, that horrible choice, you know, to change a career path, um, to not go to college? I think, I think this is going to backfire and, and Democrats are going to overplay their hand like they always do. I don't disagree with that, but I, I, just, I, I just wonder, I mean, uh, the Democrats, they, they make their living on free stuff for everybody, giving things away and... You know, there are a lot of Democrats who might be <clears> – well, I have, there have to be a lot of Democrats who are – the ones who are saying they're OK with Joe Biden are lying. You know that. But there are Democrats out there who might be ready to make the switch. But could this be something that could say, hey, you know, I owe $40,000 in debt uh, to my for, on my college loan. I'll take Joe Biden. I'll take uh, Jill Biden. I'll take Hunter Biden for four more years if I get out of $40,000 worth of debt. I don't think that's going to be the case. You know, if you look at what what other free stuff that that Biden has has done, you know, given out stimulus checks when they weren't needed. He's been extending the student loan um, payment freeze for month after month. And, you know, we can exactly see what it's doing to our economy. It's tanking, you know, real wages every single month since that American Rescue Plan that that's what they called it, the so-called American Rescue Plan was passed early on in the, the Biden administration, real wage gains have been cut by rising prices every single month. You know, it, it is not a coincidence. The proof is in the pudding when and it comes to how the, every spending bill that Democrats are passing and ramming through to Biden's desk ahead of the midterms, Americans are suffering. And I think it's absolutely, it, it, I'm personally interested to see what Pelosi and and a Democrat leadership has to say about this announcement if it does happen tomorrow, because the RNC research, we have the tapes in April of this year, Pelosi said that the president does not have the power to do this. So this that when, when she was asked about whether or not Biden would do this, she said the president doesn't have the power to cancel this. Only Congress does. So I, I bet this is going to piss off a lot of Democrats on the Hill, to be honest. You know, this is an, an another example of um, executive overreach that we've seen from this White House. Yeah, that was my next question, is that that should people uh, be just concerned, number one, that the president thinks he can do this with the stroke of a pen or 
a telephone call or however it works where he thinks he can just do this, uh, should they be upset about it? And how does he think he's going to get away with it? So uh, if he's already has Nancy Pelosi saying that, he's still going to do it. He's expected to do it uh, to the day after tomorrow. Right. I think I think it's classic. You know, Democrats are they're they're in disarray, for lack of a, lack of a better term. Um, every every step of the way, every major legislative quote unquote victory um, that that the Democrats are claiming they are having to fight tooth and nail to unify their party behind this failed president. Um, and this is just going to be another classic example. I think it shows, you know, Biden doesn't have faith in Democrats in Congress, nor should he, nor do Democrats have faith in the president, nor should they. So I think it's just a classic, um, you know, miscommunication or, or misalignment of priorities from what's going on in the White House and what's going on in the Hill. And I really, again, I think it, the Democrats are just going to overextend their hand um, and, and it's really going to backfire come midterms. Like I said, we're 80 days out. This, this announcement we had, there's no timeline on it. There's, there's no idea. I think everything we've gotten so far is very vague. We'll see what, if and what the president announces tomorrow. But um, if, if you're struggling to, to make ends meet and, and to put food on your table for your family, I don't think that this is going to make much of a difference going into midterms. We're talking to Emma Vaughn. She's the Republican uh, National Press Secretary, Republican Party's National uh, Press Secretary. <clears throat> uh, excuse me, but um, so what? What can the response for, by the Republicans be? Not just, a, I mean, a public response to the the uh, original declaration if it comes on Thursday that I'm wiping out the debt or whatever it is he comes out with. What's the official action that the Republican Party can take, or what what will you guys be saying that you will do instead of that that's going to try to uh, counteract whatever it is he comes up with? Well, I, I mean, I'm obviously going to leave the we're going to leave the legislating and any like official legislative response to our great leaders on the hill. Yeah. but you know, from a messaging standpoint, I mean, I think what it's what we've been doing with every horrible economic decision that this White House has made. Since day one, we've been pointing back to our great um, Republican governors and, and how our Republican legislatures have have run um, their their budget. You know, I, I don't think that there's anyone who can disagree. You know, we see so many New Yorkers, New Jersey's, Californians moving to red states. There's a reason why America, you know, a balanced budget is, is families have to balance their budget. Why shouldn't the United States government? So I think that that is going to be an easy thing to point to um, as opposed to. You know, making there, there's there's a reason why um, millions of Americans are struggling to afford to make these student loan payments, um, and it has to do with the Democrat control and how they run our economy into the ground. You know, printing money when they when we didn't have it, sending out these stimulus checks, shutting down businesses. Like you, you hear what the the president's cabinet talks about. They were wrong on inflation every step of the way, and now we're in a recession and they're in denial. Um, I think it, it's pretty easy to, to point fingers here and, and to show, you know, Republican leadership does well. If you look at the numbers, um, high, states with the lowest unemployment are all Republicans. States with the highest jobs recovered since COVID are all led by Republican governors and Republican le- legislatures. And again, the, the numbers don't lie here. And I think it's going to be a pretty clear and easy decision for voters come November. How is it that the, the colleges um, have gotten away I don't think I don't think anybody would say the Republicans have been tough enough on them either. Um, everybody points to the the loans that people have had to take out to pay for it, 
And you hardly ever hear anybody, and I mean really seriously, going after the colleges who, uh, if you look at tuition and what it's, how it's gone up compared to the, 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 the cost of living and, um, and, and how it's gone up compared to how much everything else has gone up, it's ridiculous the amount of money that people have to pay to go to college, and they have literally billions of dollars in endowments. When are the Republicans going to go after them? Because they're, they're certainly not the Republicans' friends on those college campuses anyway. I think, you know, when we take back the House and Senate, that, that's going to be on number one um, or one of our top priorities, you know, going after these, these corrupt institutions in our country. I know um, Speaker, um, or soon to be, sorry, Speaker McCarthy, I guess, um, will, has, has helped um, set up some task forces in the House, and I believe they're, re- they're um, announcing their plans soon, kind of going through each of the top-button top issues that voters care about and how Republicans are going to tackle that starting on day one of the next Congress. And I, I expect similar plans out of the Senate as well. Um, but, one, yeah, one thing you hit the nail on the head, you know, talking about how expensive college has become, when, when you look at if, if, if and when this, this student loan um, bailout happens, that it's not these these colleges aren't gonna they're just gonna keep raising their tuitions if if, if folks are just gonna keep getting or folks just keep taking out loans and immediately getting bailed out they're not they're not gonna learn their lesson and they're not gonna have to, they're not gonna be take any ownership or responsibility for what they've done. So uh, if we move, move to another subject here, we're talking to Emma Vaughn. Uh, she's the Republican Party's national press secretary. That um, you have a couple of uh, interesting primaries going on today. You want to talk about what you're expecting there? Yeah, so um, it's a big primary day for um, the state of Florida and congressional races in New York. I know in New York there's a couple of, going back to that whole um, topic of Democrat infighting, there's a lot of moderate and progressive mashups um, in New York. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, just how radical this Democrat Party has become. And in Florida, um, we're, I, we've seen some early exit po- or early polling and numbers um, get reported in real time. And Republican turnout is already way surpassing Democrats, which is really, um, really exciting to hear, you know, obviously coming from um, RNC headquarters, but also it's just similar trends that we've seen around the country this primary season. Republicans are more excited about their candidates and, and we're going to carry that momentum and enthusiasm in November. We have an interesting one going on here um, that uh, it's not a primary, but the, the, the uh, election in November uh, Dr. Oz um, against uh, Mr. Fetterman can't get uh, can't get Fetterman to agree to a debate, and uh, this yeah, is a pretty I big th- race. And he 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 he's not he will not agree at least he hasn't to this point to uh, one of five debates that he's been asked to take part in. Yeah, I mean, I think the lack of transparency um, from the Fetterman campaign knows no bounds, um, especially when it comes to the debate stage. I, I, I can't recall, you know, any any other race around this country, especially this one is probably one of the top tier um, races for both parties for, for a candidate not to agree to debate. I think last I heard Dr. Oz agreed to offered five on the table. I mean, there's no counter that we've heard yet from Fetterman and with less than 80 days out, um, you know, it, it, he's doing a disservice to, to the people of Pennsylvania and um, his supporters by not by not showing that he, he cares about them or, or about the issues that everyone is facing. Um, I think it's, it's going to be another um, fight, you know, about 
talking about fiscal responsibility. And I know Dr. Oz and, and their campaign have done a good job of exposing Fetterman for um, being kind of a freeloader on his parents. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure he's probably all for this student loan forgiveness. Thinking he is. That, yes, he uh, is. Yeah. Really hasn't paid anything. Had it, had it, hasn't had to pay too much himself growing up. <laughs> well, I'm, I got out of college a long, long time ago. And um, if this thing goes through, I'm going to be asking why, uh, just because I graduated, I didn't graduate actually, but just because I got out of college um, a million years ago, why, what about, what about, shouldn't I be reimbursed for what I paid back? I, right. I that's, right. That's a great point. Yeah. And there's hundreds of cases, or sorry, probably hundreds of millions of cases just like yours. My parents, I know for sure, they worked very hard, small business owners, um, very hard to pay off both of their both sets of their loans, and, and I don't know what they're how they're going to feel. I can't imagine they're going to be too thrilled um, when when folks who who took out loans that they knew they couldn't take back are, are going to get rewarded for it. Well, we've got to finish up here. I got about a minute left or so uh, with Emma Vaughn, Republican National Press Secretary. Um, so, we, as you've said a couple of times, we're right around eighty days, less than eighty days, I guess, uh, until the November elections. What do you, and this is just, I'd just like to get your take on this. Um, We've got that much time left, uh, two and a half months. What is going to be, I I think inflation and the economy is the obvious thing, but what's going to be the the issue that decides this whole thing? Uh, Who wins, who takes control of the Senate? What what are the people going to be when a, after hearing all the stuff that they're going to be hearing the next couple of months, what will they be making their decision based on? Well, I, you, you said it correctly. It's obviously going to be pocketbook, pocketbook issues. Um, everyone across the country, I think, at every income level is, is feeling this. Um, the second, I would say, is, is the issue of public safety. You see Democrat-controlled cities across this country. Crime is skyrocketing. I just saw, you know, before I hopped on this, I live in D.C., unfortunately, mm. but um, there was just a stabbing in the middle of the afternoon at our Metro Center, which is um, the, the main hub for, for commuters to take, students take it, you know, to get to school. Um, it's just, you hear stories like that in every city, I feel like almost every minute um, of every day, and, and, and parents, you know, are concerned about their, their, their children's safety, their family's safety, their future, um, and, and that goes across the board. Um, and even when you, when you look at some of the states, you know, some of these border states where a lot of the Senate targets are, um, public safety goes hand in hand in that. Um, how can Democrats, the only thing worse I think Democrats are that messaging about their, about their wins is, is governing. You know, we, we, we have, we're in a recession. Public safety is, is, is a huge priority for Americans, and, and no one really feels safe right now, especially in major cities. Um, and I, those are the top two issues that I think are going to really determine this this midterm election and, and win back House and Senate and all the up-and-down races for Republicans. Hey, Emma, I'm out of time. I appreciate you coming on. Hope to have you on again between now and November. Thank you. Thanks, John. Okay, that's Emma Vaughn. She's the Republican's National Press Secretary. We'll be right back.
The coming midterm election may be the most important in our country's history. The battle lines are drawn. America's soul is on the line, and now is your chance to help freedom win. This is John Steigerwald. Join us Thursday, October 20th, when AM 1250 The Answer presents the Battleground Talkers Tour 2022, the midterm showdown. It'll be live at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree. Hear Salem Media hosts Mike Gallagher, Hugh Hewitt, Dennis Prager, and Brandon Tatum dissect the upcoming election, learn what's at stake, and take part in a vigorous discussion about the issues that are so crucial to you, your family, and community. We'll discuss the economy and inflation, the border crisis, our civil rights that are under attack, higher taxes, and the real effects the Biden administration is having on this country. It'll be a night you won't forget that could make all the difference in this coming election. 7.30 p.m. Thursday, October 20th, following a VIP dinner at 6. General admission, just $20. Get details and tickets now at TheAnswerPGH.com. My dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, I thought, why not? Couldn't hurt. We literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it, and after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite. My dog smelled so bad and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about Dynavite supplements for gut health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell, and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever. Get 10% off your next order of Dynavite nutritional supplements for dogs at Dynavite.com. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. My Pillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. This is John Stoggerwald. We've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale bedsheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly priced at $89.98, but now it's only $39.98 with our listener promo code. Order now because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale sheets are breathable and have a cold, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-716-8087. Use the promo code STAG or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too. Even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for your free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. 
This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we opened the show talking about uh, John Fetterman and how anybody could be dumb enough to vote for this guy for anything, but uh, he's leading in the <laughs> in the polls uh, in the race for the U.S. Senate. And uh, I just, you, you keep hearing how he lived off his parents uh, and didn't really have a job. So I, I really wanted, I wanted to see if I get the official story on that. So I found this public record show, and Fetterman has openly acknowledged that for a long stretch lasting well into his 40s, his main source of income came from his parents, who gave him and his family $54,000 in 2015 alone. That was part of the financial support his parents regularly provided when Fetterman's only paying work was $150 a month as mayor of Braddock, a job he held from his mid-30s until he turned 49. So he's collecting money from his parents. He was making $150 a month to be the mayor. If you've ever been to Braddock, it's. I used to work at uh, out of Channel Four out in Wilkinsburg, and it was in, kind of in the same neighborhood. It was in the area. Uh, it's really a, a a bad looking neighborhood, and I don't know how much better it is as a result of John Fetterman being mayor for all those years. But I have a feeling it ain't that much better. I know I I did see that lots of people moved out. Uh, it's not like people were moving from the South Hills to go into Braddock because. John had done such a great job as mayor there, uh, but he he made $54,000 from his parents as recently as six years ago, and he's running for the United States Senate, but at least he dresses well. He's got that going for him, and I think what Oz should do is show up at a debate, if he gets him to debate, with a hoodie. Talk to you tomorrow. John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow fan.